Today's episode of Market Talk is brought to you by Growmark FS. Keeping up on the latest in ag is a challenge, to say the least. But there are experts nearby ready to help. You'll find them at your local FS. You can trust them to bring you customized agronomic, grain, and energy solutions born of the latest thinking. That's because FS specialists receive continuous training that keeps them current on the latest trends, practices, and technologies. So you'll get local expertise that's both exceptional and up-to-date. Visit FSSystem.com to learn how FS is bringing you what's next. Bringing you the ag information you need, this is Market Talk. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Jesse Allen. And welcome into the show. Thanks for joining us here on Market Talk today as we talk about the markets and issues impacting rural America. That's to do each and every day here on the show. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Great to have you with us once again. We have a lot to get to and discuss here on our program today as we're working through this final week of 2022. Hard to believe that we are already at the end of the year. Coming up, we're going to take a look at some of the news headlines impacting agriculture here as we wrap up the year. We're also going to learn about Cenex Premium Diesel and some new changes to the Cenex Ruby Fieldmaster formula. Aaron Rogie with Cenex going to join us coming up here in segment three today to discuss that. However, kicking off the show here first, we're going to talk about the markets and think about where this market trade stands as we near the year end. Joining us here today, we're welcoming back to the program Ed Usset with the University of Minnesota. And Ed, thanks for making the time to join us today, sir. Glad to have you back on. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing well, Jesse, and thank you for inviting me back. Well, we uh, had a great time with our discussion last time, and I'm glad we can catch up and kind of talk here as we wrap up the year. And I think just to start, Ed, uh, it's been an interesting month of December. It's been a, a wild year throughout agriculture and the markets. As you look at the trade here, kind of wrapping up the year, what stands out to you? It feels like it's kind of that holiday malaise type of trade, but yet there's still some headlines out there that we're kind of watching in the markets right now. And malaise is a good word. We, we are really kind of drifting, the corn market drifting lower, the soybean market drifting sideways to a little higher, uh, looking good. Uh, these drifting markets concern me a little bit. They, they, they feel like markets that are, um, they need something new to trade. They need some new news. Bull markets live on on good news, some, something to keep them going higher. And I, I've got a bias, uh, my own bias being if, if, it, if a market can't find a way to go higher, it will drift lower. And that seems to be where we are, particularly with corn and wheat. Well, I think about headlines and maybe something to feed that bull market. I know we have China out there whether or not they'll start buying more corn or, you know, more soybeans. Will that export window shut? South America, of course, top of mind. And we can't forget about the Black Sea region. Right. It still feels like some of those same elements are out there in the trade that we've had really all year long, Ed. They're there, but they haven't thrown us anything new lately. In fact, if there's anything new out of, uh, out of China, we got COVID and, and the problems that's creating for them. Not exactly bullish news. 
If we go to South America, if you want to talk weather, uh, the bulls want to talk about problems in Argentina. The bears will say, look a little bit north to Brazil. They seem to be doing just fine. And frankly, Argentina in the in the world of grain production is kind of a little brother to Brazil. Brazil is doing well, and I think they are. That sort of overshadows Argentina. It definitely does. Well, and I, you know, the next couple of weeks ahead will be more key for that South American weather. And I've been hearing a lot from folks, you know, if Brazil ends up having a big record crop like they're saying, it may not matter as much as you just kind of alluded to. It may not matter as much about Argentina. It should, but if Brazil's got a huge crop, it might offset things, so uh, to speak. They, they can not only offset, they can more than compensate for Argentina's problem if they deliver in a big way. Definitely. So we think about that. That's more of a what if in the market. Mm -hmm. As you look at things here as we're getting close to the end of the year, I mean, you know, it's hard to we can't predict the markets, I should say. And it's it's hard for it's hard for farmers. I think maybe here's they're sharpening their pencils at the end of the year. They're looking at their risk management plan. They're looking ahead to 23. I, I'm sure there's there's a lot of things out there we could focus on. What's top of mind for you as we wrap up the last couple of weeks of the year here and head into next year? What should farmers be thinking about risk management wise? Well, uh, you've got old crop issues. That is the crop you harvested just a few months ago that's sitting in the bin and new crop uh, opportunities. On the old crop, I'm looking ahead to the new year. And it wouldn't surprise me at all, Jesse, to see these markets a little bit on the defensive, particularly the basis, because I think a lot of producers had a very profitable 2022. They're on a cash basis. They don't want any more income uh, this year. So I think we're going to see some grain movement with the new year and the new tax year. And that could put prices on the defensive uh, for you know, four to eight weeks. Uh, if nothing else, just easier movement of grain. New crop, uh, the, the opportunities for new crop sales, 2023, the December corn contract has drifted lower, but it's not low. I mean, it's still 595. It's still a decent opportunity to get started. If you haven't done anything, it might be a good idea to get, get a few sales on the books and then hope like hell that 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 idiot from the University of Minnesota is wrong again. <laughs> uh, same thing with soybeans, you know. And in fact, I've, I've told people in the past, Jesse, if you're a, a fatalist, if you think if you think I'm going to sell something and then the market's going to go up and make me feel dumb, trick the market, make a few little small sales and see if it, you know, just small ones, and uh, see if you can't trick it into going a little higher. Well, it's also paramount too, and I think uh, a lot of folks realize this, but maybe some you know lose sight of this uh, sometimes. If they're booking inputs or have already booked inputs for next year, if you don't have any sales of any kind on the books, you, you should have something to protect that risk of putting in what many are thinking will be a record price to plant a crop in twenty twenty three. Ed, yeah, yeah. If you're if you're if you're booking one side of the you have to do more than play on half of the equation. <laughs> you got to be looking at the whole equation to make it work. Definitely. And one other thought back to the old crop side as well. 
sometimes I, I hear some folks say the marketing plan is, well, throw it in the bin, set it, forget it. It's cold in the winter. I don't want to do anything with it. And then they'll just wait until they get to a point beginning of the new year and they make a sale. But I know some folks are, are maybe, you know, trying to reshape thinking on that method. And whereas, you know, look at maybe doing some different marketing strategies instead of just the old set it and forget it method, Ed. A lot of different ways to price grain out there, a lot of them, and I can't emphasize enough to people, you don't have to do it all one way, you don't have, you don't have to do it all at one time, spread it out, uh, uh, get rid of this thought that I'm going to find the high in the market. What you're searching for is a good average price. That's what you're really looking for. Well, that is Ed Usset with the University of Minnesota. We're having a conversation with him today, and we're going to continue it. Coming up here after the break as we're back with more Market Talk on the way right after this. Stay up to date and listen to past episodes online at markettalkag.com. Now, back to Market Talk with Jesse Allen. And welcome back to Market Talk. Thanks for joining us here today. Jesse Allen with you in studio. And just wanted to remind folks, too, here during this busy holiday season uh, with the winter weather we have going on as well, if you're traveling, stay safe out there. Uh, it's, it's so important. Uh, take a little extra time getting where you need to go if you are, are traveling or if you have family and friends coming maybe to your home or to the farm. Make sure to remind them to take it easy and take their time getting uh, to your location, to your home. And also, of course, just... Uh, Stay smart, stay safe out there on the roads. And, you know, if you're busy around the farm here during the holidays, make sure you're staying safe. You have the grandkids running around maybe or uh, other folks who aren't used to being on the farm. Uh, definitely just something to remember that accidents can happen. So uh, make sure you stay safe uh, while you're going through the busy holiday season. All right, let's get back to our conversation, talking about the grain markets today with Ed Usset from the University of Minnesota. He is our guest analyst here on the show today. And Ed, as we continue, uh, logistics going into next year as well, we've uh, seemingly averted a rail strike. The water levels on the Mississippi River are starting to rise again. It feels like some of these logistical challenges and supply chain issues that we've had impact agriculture throughout 2022 and you know 2021 as well it feels like they're starting to ease are you seeing some of that as you look into 2023 ed i think so uh i'm not hearing uh big complaints out there uh from shippers about the inability to uh get something done it might also help that demand is a touch on the soft side and the export uh, side of life. So that's taking a little pressure off the system too. I wonder, I'm bouncing around just a bit here. I wonder if we do see more alleviating of the supply chain logistical concerns, if that could start to have an impact on basis. Some of those basis uh, levels in the Western belt have remained really strong. I wonder if we could see that be an impact here as we get into the new year, Ed. It could, but I still think that's uh, the high basis level is the difficulty of getting farmers, our listeners here, to mm -hmm. move that grain. They're just having a, the buyers are just having a hell of a time getting people to move grain. 
And I want to talk about a few other topics as well. And one that I know you wanted to touch on, and I thought this was a great thing for us to look at, is the uh, just the rapid expansion of the soy crushing industry. And I know this has been a point in this soybean market. We've been hearing about it all year long. And I, I can't count the number of soy crushing facilities that have popped up now here this year. What are your thoughts on, on the expansion in soy crushing and the impact it could have on this market as we look out, say, one, two, three, five years down the road? I've been giving this a lot of thought. It's, uh, I can count the number. <laughs> I've seen reports on it, and I keep a, a little notebook on it. Uh, I believe right now there are 16, over the last, this is over the last 18 to 20 months, there have been 16 separate announced either expansions of existing soy crushing facilities, or in some cases, brand new greenfield uh, production of new soy crushing facilities. Jesse, none of them are small. Nobody does things in a small way anymore. They're all big. Uh, the kind of depends on who's counting and how you add it up. But this uh, points to an expansion of our US soy crushing capacity somewhere around, if it all comes to be, mm -hmm. there may be a big caveat there, but people typically don't announce things if they aren't hell-bent to get it done. This could be a 25% or more expansion of our existing uh, soy crushing facility. This, of course, is driven by renewable diesel and EPA programs to go that direction. And their recent announcements uh, give you some make you wonder a little bit they're, they're mm -hmm. not exactly wholehearted into it but what it comes down to is you you start to you start to play with the math and you say to yourself okay if we're going to be crushing another 600 million bushels in four or five years where are those bushels coming from so i do a little back of the napkin scratching uh, with with the math and I, and I come up with somewhere 10 and a half, 11, 12 million more acres of soybeans are needed. And of course, you see, we, we don't have any more acres to get 12 million more acres of soybeans. We've got to take it from somewhere. We got to take it from wheat, from corn, from cotton. I don't know where. Uh, others have said, I've heard people say, well, well, we just won't export as much to China. That's easily said. You know, but if they want soy, that's a competitive thing. That'll be fought mm -hmm. in the uh, battlefield of, of the market uh, and prices. By the way, I'm conservative when I say 12 million more acres. I saw a report out of U.S. Wheat Associates. I don't know how they do the math, but they think it needs 20 to 25 million more acres. An economist out of Cobank said 18 mil million more uh, soybean acres. What it makes me think of is uh, rewind the uh, time machine, go back 15 years when ethanol was in mm -hmm. this growth spurt and it was demanding more and more corn acres. That didn't just affect the corn market, it affected all markets. Because if in fact we get 5 million more acres of corn, we got that much less wheat, that much less soybeans or something in the mix and it upset those markets. So I think this next uh, three, four, five years, 
as these plants are built and they open and assuming they all get done, it's gonna be one heck of an interesting time to see how this acres battle plays out. I think if it, if it happens as they hope it happens, it's friendly long-term to soybean prices and in fact, other grain prices, cotton prices, the whole works. Mm-hmm. But it's not something we can bet on in the next two months. It's something we're going to watch develop in the years ahead. Yes, definitely. And to your point, kind of a rising tide lifts all boats, Mm -hmm. so to speak, is what we could be looking at. And you mentioned the EPA announcement recently, but even with that and maybe some disappointment on that renewable diesel, biodiesel side, I'm in agreement with you. Uh, This soy crush expansion, uh, it just feels like it's, it's... the same thing as you mentioned ethanol it's it feels like it's yeah. ethanol all over again yeah, um but i i i think it's a very valid question that you brought up where do the acres come from and i i think the only answer to that is going to be actually just seeing what farmers decide in the next couple of years ed it's just going to come down to that and and their decisions will be based on how the market reacts Yes. Soybean priced that much higher. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. that's what markets are for. We, we figure things out in the marketplace. As we uh, take a look here at the end of the year and think about 2023, any other thoughts, anything else you want to reiterate, just some recommendations or tips or thoughts for, for producers as they're looking at things heading into next year, Ed? Have an idea what you want to do. I mean, that prices have been good and uh, marketing, frankly, has been a little bit on the easy side over the last year. Fight complacency, this idea that, well, it'll always be good. It'll be good again. I sure hope it is. I hope we get a spring rally as we have in each of the last two years. But we have no guarantees of that. So have an idea of... um, what it is you need to do. You know, everyone talks about outlook, Jesse. Outlook, what does what do the experts say about the market? And I'm always uh, telling producers, do a little in-book. Look at your own operation and what works for you. And don't get too, um, uh, don't get uh, knocked off your aims based on something that some guy from the University of Minnesota or the University of Illinois says. Make sure you're focused on your own operation and what you need. Well, great thoughts to consider and ponder. And we appreciate a bit of your time. With that, I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, sir. Thanks for joining us, and we'll get you back on the show again real soon. Okay, Jesse. Thank you, and and, uh, enjoy the holidays, you and your listeners. Well, again, we appreciate the time and insight that is Ed Usset with the University of Minnesota joining us here today on Market Talk as we talk about this market trade and a lot of things to consider here as the calendar moves over to 2023. A lot of the same things we're going to be watching in this market that we've had here all year long and really the last couple of years. A lot of things that we need to keep on our uh, radar here as we enter into the new year. So definitely uh, something to keep us on our toes. And of course, again, thanks to Ed for his insight into the grain markets. All right, coming up next here on the program, we're going to talk about Cenex Premium Diesel and specifically Cenex Ruby Fieldmaster, a new formulation of a, a very popular product uh, on the diesel fuel spectrum with uh, Cenex. Aaron Rogie is going to join us to discuss it. Coming up next, we're back with more Market Talk on the way right after this. 
When it comes to protecting your investment in fuel and diesel-powered equipment, Diesel X Gold from FS clearly beats other diesel fuels. New detergents disperse contaminants to prevent sludge that plugs filters and causes unexpected downtime. And now, better moisture handling chemistry helps ensure your fuel stays dry, reducing microbial growth and fuel line freeze-ups. So when you're deciding what fuel to use, choose Diesel X Gold, absolutely the best fuel to power and protect your diesel equipment. Contact your local FS Energy Specialist today or visit GoFurtherWithFS.com. Keeping you informed with the latest market information for your operation. This is Market Talk. Now, back to Jesse Allen. And joining us now here on the program, we're going to talk Cenex Premium Diesel. We have with us Erin Rogi. She is a Cenex Fuels expert joining us here today to talk about some of the new technologies and new advancements they have with Cenex Premium Diesel. Erin, appreciate you uh, being on the show with us today. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing great. Thanks, Jesse. Really excited to be here and hope you're doing well as well. I'm doing very well. And uh, thanks again for the time. Let's uh, let's yeah. dive right in. You know, Aaron, I know this is a big topic among uh, a lot of folks, farmers, especially ranchers, you know, rising diesel fuel costs, mm-hmm. supply challenges. They've just been making the headlines the past few months. And yeah. as we look at using a high quality fuel like Cenex Premium Diesel, can you ease some of farmers' concerns right now when dealing with market instability? What are you, some of your thoughts there right now? Oh, it. I hope that I can I can provide some re- relief to those worries. But really, with our farmers and when experiencing market instabilities in general, it's always best to focus on what can be controlled, uh, like the quality of the products, the quality of the diesel fuel that's going into your equipment. So. Uh, Farmers really should be focusing on keeping the heavy-duty equipment that they rely on in peak condition, uh, not only to decrease the downtime and repair costs that they may be be subject to, but also really looking to increase the lifespan of that equipment. When uh, costs um, are are increasing and... uh, their assets are just really put to the test. They need to have them last the long term as we look to these volatile markets for the foreseeable future. Um, Cenex premium diesel fuels um, really do extend the life of that equipment, that engine health, and keeps those engines running longer, stronger with optimal engine performance um, over the life of the equipment. Um, recently, Cenex Ruby Fieldmaster has been enhanced. Uh, the additive package has really been evolved um, so that we are ensuring that that terminally injected premium diesel product that we're delivering into the market price provides the best performance, protection, and power to keep our farmers' equipment uh, running at peak performance uh, over the life of the equipment. And really, Cynix is one of the only distributors out there that has an expansive enough network to deliver that terminally injected product to our farmers and meet their, their continuing needs. Yeah, Aaron, you brought up Ruby Fieldmaster with Cenex, and I know that's a, a fuel that's been around for a while. And you mentioned the recent evolution of Ruby Fieldmaster's mm-hmm. formulation. So, can you tell us what's different about it? Well, there's a lot of great things that are now different about it with this evolved <laughs> formula, and, I, and I'm excited to always talk about it. But really, uh, this new enhanced formulation shows Cenex commitment to really fueling the innovation of our products and our premium diesel formulations 
to not only protect the current equipment our farmers have, but also uh, look towards the future and what's coming and what's out there. Um, we're going to be continuously looking to drive greater fuel economy and exceed those evolving emission standards that all of us are hearing about today, uh, regardless of where we're getting uh, our intel. But Cynix Ruby Fieldmaster, again, is containing, it now contains an evolution of our successful formulation. Um, mm -hmm. It's not a revolution. And that's a key piece for folks to understand is that we're really building on that foundation of success and that, that superior chemistry that our farmers have come to rely on. So this new formula includes those same key additives and benefits uh, that Cynix customers have come to uh, depend on for 60 years and counting uh, to provide them superior performance and protection in their operations. Yep. Well, looking at uh, Ruby Fuel Master as well, I know you mentioned peak performance uh, here already mm -hmm. and looking yep. at keeping engines operating at peak performance. Well, how does Ruby Fuel Master do that? And also, how does Ruby Fuel Master prevent water issues? Kind of a, a two part question there for you. Yeah. Um, wow. That's a, there's a lot packed in there, but we're going to try and unpack it for you. So Cynix Ruby Fieldmaster has four new key claims and differentiators that are uh, really driven by, again, our desire to evolve the formula to provide peak performance to, to our farmers. Um, but the first is an advanced aggressive detergency package that's going to keep those engines running longer and stronger than any 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 time in our past uh, than before really um and so the key there is to providing that optimal engine performance and driving efficient clean combustion that's the key thing here with detergency detergency equals clean and that's what we're looking to do is drive efficient clean combustion so this new package when compared to the previous generation of cynics premium diesel provides 40 poor 40 percent more uh, effectiveness at breaking down harmful engine deposits and 2.5 times more effective in cleaning up injector deposits it also prevents uh, further deposit buildup in already dirty equipment. So think of equipment that you've had out there running. Um, this new formulation is going to get after it. Uh, scrub out the dirt and the grit and the grime so that you're ensuring you have that efficient combustion. We also are offering um, maximum filterability and biostability in this new package. So uh, Cynix Ruby Fieldmaster um, is now keeping filters, injectors, and pumps clear of contaminants, um, and it has 75% less filter blocking, which really what that means is, when you break it down is it allows that fuel to stay clean and move through the components of your engine, filters, injectors, um, more fluidly and without, um, you know, any sort of compromising elements that might be introduced. Uh, and finally, 20% better biostability is starting to account for that increase in biodiesel and biofuels that we're seeing in our environments with that move towards you know, decarbonization efforts. And so while we know that bio, uh, biodiesel isn't a huge part of the conversation across our network, it is starting to become more important in conversation. So, Better be safe than sorry and protect your diesel um, from those, those bio components. Definitely. Aaron, what are some other benefits? Any other benefits that customers can expect with this new formulation that you want to mention? 
Sure. I think probably the 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 component that we're most excited about uh, with regards to this enhancement is our two-phase total water management system. Uh, as we all know, water is enemy number one when it comes to diesel fuel, anytime you talk about it. And so keeping water out of fuel is utmost importance with Cinex Premium Diesel. Uh, this two-phase uh, uh, water management system is going to better help you protect your filters and your injectors by keeping water out of your system um, in the first place, as well as completely handling any residual water that's left over. So the way that that works is it's a one-of-a-kind formulation that separates the water from the fuel um, through a demulsifier. And that allows that gross majority of water to sink to the bottom of the tank for easy drainage, removal, um, and then any residual molecular water. So think tiny amounts of water. Um, the detergency package then encapsulates those for safe passage through the combustion system. So you're not going to be experiencing any detriments due to any negligible water that's left behind. So really handling all the water, soup to nuts, to ensure that your system is protected. So it's pretty cool technology and we're really excited that it's now offered in Cinex Review Fieldmaster. Definitely. And I should ask as well, too, real quick, how does uh, Cenex Ruby Fuel Master, how does it help with fuel storage? Because I know storage on the farm is also right. a key component. Right. So when it comes to uh, fuel storage, uh, obviously water is the biggest enemy there as well. Yep. And so we just, you know, worked through that two phases of dropping the water out, freeze removal, and then encapsulating that, that negligible water that's left behind. But Cynix Premium Diesel also now has that enhanced biostability. Water enhances um, uh, the need for that biostability. And, and it really... Uh, water can lead to additional problems when there are bioelements present. So the combination of better water management with better biostability, overall, you're protecting your fuel that is in storage from microbial growth, um, salt formations, um, additional, you know, sludge, slime that can occur within your fuel. And then we also offer storage stability with Cinex Ruby Field Master. They can extend the life of your fuel from you know, three to six months over a typical number two diesel. What that means is that if you purchase your fuel you know, in the fall, that fuel will still have its integrity when it comes time to use it in the spring. So you can purchase fuel at any point and know that it's gonna be ready for you when you need it most. Fantastic. Well, Aaron, mm -hmm. if uh, folks want to learn more about Cenex Ruby Fieldmaster, they uh, want to just get more information, I would think Cenex.com or go into a, a local retailer location, a lot of different ways they can learn more information, can't they? Right. Absolutely. The The number one way is to reach out to your local Cinex representative. They are trained experts to walk you through all of your questions, needs around using a Cinex premium diesel fuel. Um, and then also we have Cinex.com, which is our online resource tool uh, where you can discover more about Cinex uh, Ruby Fieldmaster. Um, and then finally, it's always uh, a good idea to keep in mind that Cinex Ruby Fieldmaster is offered through over 650 of our Cinex branded convenience stores across 19 states. So by using tools available to you on Cinex.com, you should be able to discover all of those resources at your disposal.
Definitely. And again, Cenex.com is where you can find those resources and locations. And with that, Aaron Rogie, thanks for joining us here today, telling us more about Cenex Premium Diesel. We appreciate it. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you. Thanks yeah. so much for the time. Thanks, Jesse. Appreciate it. Happy holidays to you, too. We'll wrap up the show. Coming up next, back with more Market Talk right after this. The market news and analysis you need here on Market Talk. Now, back to Jesse Allen. And welcome back to Market Talk here today. Jesse Allen with you. And again, a big thanks to our guests at USIT with the University of Minnesota, as well as Aaron Rogie with Cenex joining us here on today's show. Let's take a look at some news headlines here before we wrap it up here for the day. The pork industry in 2022 has seen advancements in technology and impressive exports of U.S. pork. National Pork Board President Heather Hill says they have been judicious with checkoff dollars and working towards goals affecting business. First, we're continuing to bust consumer myths about modern pork production. Tackling these commonly held misconceptions builds trust in our industry and our products. Second, sustainability continues to be a strong focus for our team. We are on a mission to protect our freedom to operate and demonstrate that pork and crop farming are sustainable. Hill says they continue to tell the story of market development both at home and abroad. American consumers are increasing their consumption of ground pork, and we're expanding the presence of ground pork in the meat case. Internationally, we export U.S. pork to more than 95 countries. We're working to build confidence in U.S. pork and differentiate our product from our competitors. This year, we've seen exponential growth in markets in the Western Hemisphere, like Mexico, Colombia, and the Caribbean. And Hill says while she is proud of the accomplishments this year of the National Pork Board, she says her role as NPB president and mom are future-focused. I serve to benefit my children, their friends, and the next generation of all pig farmers. My number one priority is providing an affordable and nutritious product to families across the world. Protecting our freedom to operate and protecting pork's place on the plate are essential to our future. The momentum put in place this year by the National Pork Board will set the stage for 2023 in human nutrition, sustainability, market development, and consumer trust. You can watch Heather's full year-end video on Pork Checkoff's YouTube channel. Well, dairy prices in the fourth quarter of 2022 are what many in the industry consider okay. Mike North is the principal at Ever.ag. He says the dairy markets are in a transition part of the calendar. Yeah, and this is that awkward time of the year when we move out of that holiday buy-up and start transitioning into becoming competitive in the export space. And so it's kind of stable, but definitely has a much softer tone than what we had just a few weeks ago. And as we observe the domestic buyers slowly stepping away from the space, we've watched as cheese has come down, we've watched as butter has come down, still at decent prices, but certainly much softer than what we dealt with in late November. On the supply side of the market, the industry is still seeing increasing production. We are. It's not as robust as you would expect from a year when we printed $25 milk, but we are seeing growth and we continue to run north of a percentage point year over year. Cow numbers have been rebuilding back into the herd. We've watched as productivity gains have been also uh, experienced here. And that's not just a U.S. story that also is being carried over in Europe right now, where on a U.S. equivalent, their milk price is anywhere from $23 to $25 a hundredweight. So even through their drought and even through all of the headwinds of higher energy costs and a very harsh feed availability environment on the back end of their drought, we're seeing a bit of a growth coming out of Europe as well. Now, other parts of the world aren't seeing a similar boost in dairy production. Can't say the same 
about our counterparts in Oceania, though. They are way behind the curve. Oceania, Australia, New Zealand, both back 35 to 4% on what they're seeing for production volumes, and they aren't going to be able to get that back. They're going to be behind the curve all through their season going forward into spring. And North says the current supply and demand situation is sustainable at least for the moment. For the moment, it is. But remember that with the dairy markets, we run a very fine line of balance between supply and demand just due to the perishability of our product. And so as we talk about higher prices, the other part of the conversation spins around the conversation of demand. And as we talk about the macro pieces of what we see in our economy going forward into 2023, I don't think there's anybody out there that's painting a very rosy picture for that. We have to embrace that as we consider what our consumer is going to do and how they're looking at life. How do they manage higher interest rates and higher gas prices and what it costs to live these days. Again, that is Mike North of Ever.ag. Well, American ag production totaled $8.87 billion in November, down 5% from the same time last year. Production included 7.62 billion table eggs and 1.25 billion hatching eggs, of which 1.16 billion were broiler type and 92.1 million were egg type. Now, the average number of layers in November totaled 375 million, down 4% from last year. November egg production per 100 layers was 2,369 eggs, slightly lower than last November. Total layers in the U.S. on December 1 totaled 374 million. That's 5% lower than last year. The layers consisted of 308 million layers producing table or market type eggs. 62 million layers were broiler type hatching eggs and 3.74 million layers producing egg type hatching eggs. Egg type chicks hatched during November reached 46.5 million, up 2% for the previous November. Broiler type chicks hatched during November totaled 810 million, 1% higher than in November 2021, while leading breeders placed 7.68 million broiler-type pullet chicks in November. Also ahead of National Ag Day on March 21st of 2023, the Agriculture Council of America is hosting an essay contest. The theme for the year is Growing a Climate for Tomorrow, How American Agriculture Does It Every Day. The essay contest is divided into two categories, either a written essay or a video essay. Both are national competitions, and both winners get $1,000. The contest is open to students currently in grades 9 through 12. They must be a U.S. citizen and attend school in the U.S. The National Ag Day program encourages every American to understand how food and fiber products are produced. It also teaches people to appreciate the role that agriculture plays in providing safe, abundant, and affordable food products. The deadline for submitting entries in the essay contest is February 15th of 2023. You can go to agday.org for more information on contest rules, entry forms, or National Ag Day 2023. Again, you can go online to agday.org for more information. Well, we are out of time here on Market Talk today. Thanks for joining us. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to have a conversation with David Widmar from Agricultural Economic Insights. Talk to David about uh, the year that was in 2022 and look ahead to issues on his mind in the markets and agriculture in 2023. We'll also have a conversation with John Bodie, president and CEO of the Corn Refiners Association. All that and more coming up tomorrow here on Market Talk. Have a fantastic rest of your day. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. 
When it comes to protecting your investment in fuel and diesel-powered equipment, Diesel X Gold from FS clearly beats other diesel fuels. New detergents disperse contaminants to prevent sludge that plugs filters and causes unexpected downtime. And now, better moisture handling chemistry helps ensure your fuel stays dry, reducing microbial growth and fuel line freeze-ups. So when you're deciding what fuel to use, choose Diesel X Gold, absolutely the best fuel to power and protect your diesel equipment. Contact your local FS Energy Specialist today or visit GoFurtherWithFS.com.